It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 11th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Yes, today we're going to have to talk about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Another second straight disappointing effort and effort, not completely the right word, but yes, Disappointing outcome for the Orlando Magic falling 101-76 to to the Dallas Mavericks, like I said yesterday. A team that the Magic should feel like they can compete with, both teams 8th in their respective conferences. A little bit slightly different records, but definitely a team Orlando should aspire to be uh, at the level of and, and, and should feel they are in the same tier and level of. But of course, the result would suggest otherwise on Monday. We'll talk about that loss in a bit. And also talk about a big absence from that game that despite a poor start to the season... Prove that he actually still has a ton of value to this team. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about Evan Fournier and his absence uh, coming up in just a bit. Not using it as an excuse, of course, but just using it, just uh, mentioning it, it there. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Looking to learn a little bit more about the Dallas Mavericks and, and get their perspective on this win, check out Locked On Mavericks. Looking to prep up for the Magic's game against the Chicago Bulls in Mexico City, check out Locked On Bulls. There's a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA, so if you're looking to learn a little bit more about each individual team or the NBA as a whole from the national perspective, you can check out the Locked On podcast just for Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, or Locked On in the team you're looking for on iTunes today. There's also MOB. NFL and colleges too to get your sports fix. Remember, the Lockdown Podcast Network is your team every day. From the very start of Monday's game against the Dallas Mavericks, the, the Orlando Magic were in a hole. And really, it was a hole of their own doing, of their own making. They did not seemingly come ready to play, at least on the offensive end. I thought their defense was okay for the most part, and and, and Clifford seemed to agree afterward. But the Magic, regardless, did not seem focused to execute what they needed to execute on the offensive end. It showed not just in their field goal percentage, not just with their 15 turnovers, but how those turnovers developed, how those plays played out. It was... Honestly, 
the same kind of offense we saw in the first six games of the year, as well as Friday night against Indiana. One pass, shoot a three. One pass, over dribble, take a mid-range jumper. Gone was the cutting. Gone was the uh, ball movement. Gone was the inside-out play that has characterized this Magic team's success, limited though it may be, success over the last few weeks. The Dallas Mavericks essentially challenged the Magic to make shots. Evan Fournier was not with the team that, uh, due to a personal matter. He was unable, to, he actually traveled to Dallas and then went back home. It's not clear what that personal matter is. And we certainly hope that, that Evan is doing okay. But the, the, the Dallas Mavericks essentially dared the Magic to beat them from the outside. And the Magic, instead of testing them and trying to get into the paint and try and create holes to get better open shots, the Magic settled time and time and time again. And every key player that the Magic need to perform well on a nightly basis, especially when they're down a key player themselves, quite simply failed to perform. What we saw Monday night in a season that's had some pretty bad offensive performances already, bad games from the Magic already. What we saw Monday night was quite possibly the worst offensive game of the year. And, and may, I wouldn't call it the worst game overall of the year, but obviously the scoreboard would suggest that it's up there. Going down the line were just bad shooting performances. from Again, guys the Magic need to perform well. And not just that, just sloppy overall play. The Magic with 18 assists on 32 field goal makes. They make 36% of their shots. 8 for 28 from beyond the arc. Orlando had the fight early. They kept it within 5, but just too sloppy at key moments and key stretches. Their defense is simply not good enough to carry them through a game. They need offense. They need to score. And on most nights... 101 points should get you a win, or at least get you an opportunity to win. The Magic were good for long stretches defensively. But it's hard to keep that offense up, or keep that defense up, when your offense is giving you nothing. Absolutely nothing. As those shooting numbers suggest. As the Magic's lack of ball movement suggests. As the turnover suggests. This was Orlando doing things that they simply cannot do. A lack of attention to detail. It's been something I've harped on with this team. That they have to be really dialed into the game plan. They have to execute, not flawlessly, but well. Because their path to victory on every night is very narrow. And it's something that, that, that Coach Clifford has said uh, to some extent. That we know, how, we know what we have to do to win. And assuredly, the Magic did not do very many of those things they have to do to win on Monday night. It really felt like it happened from the first play of the game for the Magic. Or one of the very first plays of the game from the Magic. I think the first play, DJ Augustin had a shot blocked by DeAndre Jordan at the rim, which, you know, I don't mind. That's an aggressive play from a point guard. Um, you know, tough to get it over uh, Jordan, but I'd rather see that than, than some of the shots the Magic took, it, took in this game. No, it was the Magic... Struggling to find Nikola Vucevic when Dallas switched a smaller player onto him. And then when they did, 
them throwing a poor entry pass that he fumbles and turns over. Or, you know, Vucevic even had this happen to him twice where he had a smaller guard on him, turned around, and simply traveled. Didn't keep his pivot foot. 15 turnovers. Three from Isaac. Three from Vucevic. Three from Augustin. Two from Aaron Gordon. All key players that the Magic need to play at a high level. And when you turn those 15 turnovers into 20 points, and you force 13 and turn them into 9, you're not going to win very many basketball games. Orlando was from behind the eight ball from the very start of this game, trailing, I think it was seven or nine to nothing from the start. They were chasing this lead. And they came close a few times. It wasn't a complete runaway from start to finish. But at the end of the second quarter, when Orlando needed to make plays, needed to keep the lead within reach as they were down by 12, I believe, at halftime, they had a chance to cut it down to six or four, something more manageable, and instead it ballooned back out to 12. At every key moment, Orlando seemed unable to step up. And so while, honestly, the Magic's defense played okay, giving up 42.7% shooting should get the job done. 28.6% from beyond the arc, 10 three-point makes, should get the job done. Holding this team to eight offensive rebounds, including none from DeAndre Jordan, should get you on the way to getting the job done. Forcing 11 turnovers, not bad. But unlike Orlando, Dallas was moving the ball. 28 assists on 35 field goal makes. Unlike Orlando, they were getting into the paint and creating open looks. And the Magic were just a step slow. Even though I would say their defense was decent, and and Steve Clifford agreed with that, they were always a step slow. They were always chasing. They were letting Luka Doncic get into the paint. They were struggling to cover three-pointers. And yeah, they fouled some shooters that they should not have fouled. Frustration has really set in with this team. Maybe it dates back to that game against the Nuggets last Wednesday. Maybe they haven't really let that go. Because yeah, they're lo- they were looking at the refs a lot in this one. Giving up 25 free throw attempts. Well, they took only five themselves. Magic didn't do a good job getting into the paint and forcing those foul calls, by the way. They settled for mid-range jumpers. With only 30 points in the paint, Orlando just wasn't getting the job done. And Orlando couldn't get itself up off the floor. They couldn't find the rhythm offensively. They had players forcing things left and right. And Dallas's defense is good enough that they'll stop you when you do that. They want you to play that way. The Magic did not play anything close to resembling Magic basketball, certainly not, or certainly winning Magic basketball on Monday night. And if Friday wasn't the time to do some soul searching and with two days of practice to recommit to what you know you have to do to win, you got two more days in Mexico City to get ready for the Chicago Bulls, a team that you should frankly beat. Steve Clifford seemed angry after this game. Because it's the, because he said it best. It's the same thing. 
Same thing as Friday night. This is a carbon copy of Friday night in a lot of ways. It's the same thing. It's not really about the opponent. And, and again, give all credit to the Dallas Mavericks for playing a really strong game. You play your opponent and you do what you need to do to beat them. And, and Dallas more than did that. So did Indiana. But right now, these are self-inflicted wounds. Right now, the Magic are the ones beating themselves. They're not forcing Dallas. They didn't force Dallas to work defensively. They settled. They didn't get the ball moving. They didn't get players moving. They didn't force much change. They settled. And when they did get the ball inside, they turned it over. They couldn't deal with the pressure. They couldn't deal with the physicality. Because on defense, the same thing happened. They weren't physical. They let Dallas push him around. They scrambled. They didn't recover. They didn't help. They didn't communicate. It's a complete and utter breakdown in a lot of ways for a long stretch of this game. And that's the part that absolutely has to change. That's the part that the Magic know they have to change. And if the Magic want to be held to a playoff standard... They're eighth in the East right now, half game ahead of the Heat. They're still in the pole position. If the Magic want to be held to a playoff standard, they got to play like it. And quite simply, efforts like Friday, efforts like Monday, won't get the job done. Not even close. And so... It's all on this Magic team individually to change that. No one should be throwing the season away after two games. The Magic are 12-15. and 15. They had a, a poor six-game stretch to start the season. They played two poor games of late. That's eight games. And the other 19 games... The Magic have largely been very good. The Magic have largely been a playoff team. And so guess what? They've had more good stretches than bad stretches in this season so far. This was never going to be a straight line to get where the Magic wanted to go eventually. This was never going to be a clear path. That a goal is to get better every day and the goal is to progressively get better and the Magic are dealing with a little bit of a dip and a lull and... Every Magic team that's been a low-seeded playoff team has had these dips and lulls. This isn't abnormal. This isn't a time to panic. This isn't a time to throw the season away, as, as I've seen some fans suggest, honestly. But this is absolutely a critical juncture for the team. This is a moment and a point, just like I said after last Wednesday's game against the Nuggets, that they failed to do against the Pacers on Friday, that they failed again to do Monday against Dallas. That's... Three failures in a row now. And that's not good. That's pointing in the wrong direction. The Magic now have to respond. And that's something they were doing really well beforehand. Now they got to find a way to do it again today. Maybe this was a bad night. Maybe this was a second straight bad night shooting. I don't think it was. I think it was poor execution. But the road never gets easier. They're still in the race. They're not out of it. Even if they fall out of the pole position, they're not out of it. They're exactly where they want to be. 
in the standings. So the concern is wholly on yourself. What can you do to be better? What can you do to make this team better? And that's really the question the Magic will be asking themselves as they head to Mexico City to take on the Chicago Bulls on Thursday. Once again, the final score, the Dallas Mavericks 101, the Orlando Magic 76 at the American Airlines Center as Orlando loses its third straight game. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's run through the box score real fast because it is not pretty. Jonathan Simmons leading the way, 18 points, 7 for 10, shooting 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. His best game of the season uh, if if everyone played poorly, Jonathan Simmons was the lone guy who really stepped up with the energy and intensity that the Magic needed, especially on offense. He was the one guy who was able to get into the paint consistently and finish consistently, um, making relatively good decisions. I thought he took some bad shots here and there, but only missed three, so didn't do too bad. I thought his shot selection was good. I thought his energy defensively was really good. I thought he played exactly how the Magic needed him to play overall. Simmons, really the only player who played well because, again, Every key player that the Magic need to play well if they're going to win did not perform today. Aaron Gordon, 10 points, 4 for 15 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, didn't score in the first half. Really struggled with the shot, settled for mid-range jumpers, didn't do a good job getting to the basket, over-dribbled, all the bad habits that we don't like about Aaron Gordon. Some of that is the Magic didn't get out and transition effectively, which is fine. Um, You know, his three-point shot wasn't there. It looked very off-balance on most of those. Uh, It's... It was just a bad night for Aaron Gordon where he fell into some of the bad habits that we don't like to see. I think, especially as the Magic fell behind, he tried to force things. It worked a little bit against Indiana on Friday. Didn't work in this game. Uh, Dallas did a good job closing off the paint. And again, uh, it, it just felt like Dallas always had a foot in the paint, always had guys in the paint, and they were daring the Magic to shoot, and the Magic just didn't shoot well. The Magic didn't force Dallas to change their strategy. So kudos to Dallas for doing that. Um, but Orlando has to find a way to force their way to the line. Gordon didn't take any free throws in this game. And, and you know, I, I don't know what's up with the Magic's free throw shooting. It, it, we knew it was going to be low end of the league. The Magic just don't have guys who get to the foul line. But it, it's it's getting frustrating for the players, I'm sure, because they feel they're getting fouled. It's getting a little ridiculous, the disparities in free throw shooting, because Orlando's driving just as much as anyone else. But maybe they're just not good at drawing contact. Maybe they're just not, maybe they're trying to overpass. There's a little bit of that, I guess, going on. Um, but they're just not effective at getting to the charity stripe and and putting themselves in a position to uh, to, to get these kind of free points, these easy points that, that they'll need to win games. Nikola Vucevic, likewise, a very poor game. Eight points, four for 15 shooting. He did grab 16 rebounds, this shot, four assists, but three turnovers for him. 
Uh, did a good job on DeAndre Jordan, especially on the offensive glass. That was my big concern in this game. Heading into it, the Mavericks, one of the best rebounding teams in the league. Orlando did a good job limiting them largely to one shot. There were a few instances where they didn't. Uh, but I, I thought that the Magic did a really good job on the glass. But on the opposite end, Nikola Vucevic was a non-factor offensively. He was, um, a lot of his shots were coming up short, so you do have to wonder how much his ankle injury played a role in this one. Uh, and... And um, it, he just wasn't the same guy. And honestly, it, it wasn't even that he was poor offensively. It was the defense that I thought was really, really bad on his part too. It, it looked like the old Nikola Vucevic, who wasn't a good defender, that was a little too passive defensively. Um, a big thing, I think, for this Magic team overall is is to be physical. It's not necessarily just about X's and O's. It's about making the, the opposing player feel you a little bit. Um, to, to let them know that that you're there and that you're, you're a roadblock. And Vucevic... Tends to lean, when he's playing poor defense, tends to lean back and, and try and catch players um, and kind of keep them in front of him while gain, while giving up ground. When he's been good this year, he has gotten a little bit physical. He's been willing to, to bump and 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 knock people kind of off their rhythm and slow them down. And that's that's absolutely huge. I mean, he's got to set the right angles because his his athleticism just isn't there to, to catch up to people. But he just wasn't doing that this game. I don't know if the again I, I, the ankle injury might be more serious than. Then he's being let on. He's obviously clear enough to play, but so when you're playing, you got to be able to perform. But Orlando just wasn't effective defensively, um, and I think Vucevic was at least a small part of that. DJ Augustin, six points, three for eight shooting, two assists, three turnovers. Um, as I know a lot of people, and, and I'll recognize this, the Magic need an upgraded point guard. Um, DJ Augustin has not been the problem this year for the Magic. If, if I mean, I, it is it is a weakness. But it is not the weakness for this team because DJ Augustin has been very good for the Magic. Arguably, their second or third most important player on the team so far this year. You take him out of the lineup, and you know some of it's because Jaron Grant hasn't been great. But uh, DJ Augustin's been legitimately good in his own right. Um, he's doing exactly what the Magic wanted him to do. He manages the game, sets everyone else up, t- makes open threes when he gets them, isn't looking to drive to scores, looking to drive to set people up. Gets the Magic into their offense. That's exactly what the Magic need him to do. And he's done that all year long. Except for this game. This game, he was sloppy. He was not getting the Magic into their offense quickly. He was not making open shots. Missed all three of his three-pointers. It's kind of a big thing. Um, Wasn't distributing the ball very well. Uh, Wasn't getting into the paint and and finding others. People weren't cutting off of him, which which again is a problem. And and the Magic's just overall activity and movement was, was very poor especially for a team coming off a couple days break. Um, Augustin just was was in no man's land a lot. Um, the turnovers were very uncharacteristic. He's been very good about protecting the ball this year, about you know having a high assist to turnover ratio. Um, Orlando expect needs more from DJ Augustin, just, just period. Um, he is that important that when he has a bad game, the Magic are going to have a bad game. And, and maybe he was due for a bad game, and you know, maybe this game was a confluence of a lot of players just having bad nights for whatever reason. I don't think it was that. I think the Magic just played poorly. But Augustin certainly had a bad night, uh, and, and the Magic kind of paid for it at the end. Uh, some other notable guys, uh, Jonathan Isaac, four points, two for four shooting, nothing too special about him. Struggled a little bit defensively, was a little too jumpy defensively, um, unable to uh, just really gave up some points that he shouldn't have because he was trying to block shots. Um, it, some of it's just being young, but uh, you know, definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, Wessa Wundu, six points, two for seven, shooting two for four from beyond the arc. Shooting still an issue. Made a couple threes, which was nice. Missed a couple threes badly, which was not. 
Um, so definitely something there. Terrence Ross, seven points, three for 11 shooting, had his off night as well. Um, quality of his looks were the same that he always gets. You know, he's kind of a gunner uh, where he's going to take some contested looks and, and you expect still expect him to make them, uh, just didn't make them. Uh, so, so again, kind of a weird confluence events. Uh, Ken Birch getting playing time for Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, according to Steve Clifford, was suspended for the game for violating a team rule. So Ken Birch got the call, 22 minutes, four for eight shooting, six rebounds, eight points, three fouls. I thought that Birch, uh, a lot of Birch's work came in garbage time. I, I was not happy. I was not impressed with Ken Birch in this game. Um, I thought he was a little too jumpy defensively, was caught out of position a few, uh, plenty of times actually. Uh, wasn't the the brick wall that the Magic absolutely needed. And, and again, just he doesn't add the dynamism that Mo Bamba has. So, you know, his absence wasn't going to... Mo Bamba's absence didn't cost the Magic this game, uh, but it certainly didn't help. Um, and, 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 you know, Birch deserves an opportunity when, when he can get it. He, took, he had it tonight and didn't really take advantage of it. So, so rough game there. Orlando shoots 36% from the floor, 32 for 89. 28.6% from beyond the arc, 8 for 28, just 4 for 5 from the foul line. They have 15, They have 16 turnovers in this game as they fall 101 to 76. So some interesting notes on the Mavs side. Harrison Barnes, 19 points. Jalen Brunson, 17 points on 7 for 9 shooting. Really torched the Magic. Was a recipient of a lot of Luka Doncic passes. Luka Doncic, near triple-double. 7 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. I thought Aaron Gordon got the call on him for most of the game. Really got caught up on DeAndre Jordan's screens. It was really one of the more frustrating parts of Aaron Gordon's night was he really struggled to, to, to maneuver around DeAndre Jordan. That let Luka Doncic get in the paint, and while Orlando did a good job keeping him off the scoreboard, he shot only 2 for 11. He was able to distribute the ball really, really well and cause the defense to collapse, and really that's that's the more valuable trait from, from a player like him. Dallas shoots 42.7% from the floor, 28.6% from beyond the arc, 21 of 25 from the foul line. They defeat the Orlando Magic 101-76. to This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When a team shoots that ice cold as the Magic shoot, they gotta find a way to get warm. And, and, and you know, you think coming, maybe coming back to Orlando would, would make it a little warm. They're going to Mexico City. It's up in the mountains. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be so cold there. That even here in Orlando, it's a little chilly. Jack Frost is uh, nipping at our toes while wearing sunglasses because, you know, we're, we're still in Florida. The cold front moving in has dropped the temperature down to the 40s once again. So maybe got two, three cold fronts left this winter where you got to get those, get you know, certainly the one where you'll get the tarp out to cover your plants. It's very scary. You don't want, don't want those plants to, to get cold. Got to give them a blanket of white tarp. 
And you need your white tarp too to keep yourself warm through these cold winter weeks. And that's where Action Heat comes in. It's clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. Love those. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Great for going outside and walking around. Walking around. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, if you're going skiing this winter, or anybody that hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including in heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even, yeah, base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. They come in men's and women's styles, and there's been some new models just released for this winter season. Most importantly, we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty, warm while you enjoy your all your outdoor activities and try to survive this crushing 40 degree cold here in Orlando this winter with Action Heat. One player who's certainly been experiencing a bit of a cold snap this season has been undoubtedly Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier did not play in Wednesday's game or Monday's game. Flying back home from Dallas to to handle a personal matter. And again, I hope everything is okay with Evan Fournier. You know, Evan's Evan's a good dude. Um, obviously, a member of the, member of the Magic family, and and certainly. Uh, we don't wish any any ill on him and hope hopefully that gets resolved and we hope to see him back in action Thursday night. But Evan Fournier, there's no way to cut around this. This had a very poor season. Sure, he's still averaging 15.1 points per game, but shooting 41.9% from the floor, 31.9% from three, a 49.2 effective field goal percentage, that would be his worst effective field goal percentage. In fact, all his shooting numbers are at career lows. This is not the player we expected. Now, did we expect Evan Fournier to, again, lead the the team in scoring with 17.8 points per game or or thereabouts? No. I think we expected that that his slow march upward and and his scoring average would would come to an end, that that he'd take a little bit less of an offensive scoring load. But we still expected him to be a reliable three-point shooter. We expected him to be a... um, a solid offensive playmaker, but most importantly, we expected him to provide the gravity that the Magic need to run their offense. Orlando's offense struggled, and Dallas's strategy uh, on Monday was certainly to park five guys in the paint and dare the Magic to shoot. They went under every screen except for DJ Augustin, and they told the Magic, beat us from the outside. You can't quite collapse a paint like that with Evan Fournier, even with how much Evan Fournier has struggled to shoot the ball so far this year. Evan Fournier is still known around the league as a reliable shooter and someone who has gravity. And in fact, 
he's starting to improve his three-point shot. It's starting to bounce back just a little bit. Still got a ways to go. It's still not there yet. But it is bouncing back slowly but surely. And so teams have to respect that. And this is really one of the big flaws of this Magic team. One that they've been able to work around through through cutting and, and passing. Through Nikola Vucevic in the post a little bit more. Through Aaron Gordon even in the post a little bit more. That they don't really have a way to create open shots, to get the defense to collapse, to create driving lanes. Unless they have shooters to preoccupy the defense, to create some of those lanes. To make a team pay for collapsing into the paint. That's essentially Evan Fournier's biggest job right now. Because yeah, he's struggling a little bit with the playmaking role that he's gotten, although he's still averaging a career-high 3.8 assists per game. His turnovers have been up and down. But it's abundantly clear just how vital Evan Fournier is. Because when when we were discussing who should start in Fournier's place, some people I talked to said, Wessel Wundu. Well, a lineup with Wessel Wundu, Jonathan Simmons, isn't going to shoot, isn't going to scare anyone from beyond the arc. Jonathan Isaac was the choice that the Magic went with. He's not exactly scaring anyone either. You could go Terrence Ross, but then you lose his scoring punch with that second unit unless you pull him very quickly. There were no good answers, and all of a sudden, it feels like the Magic were lost if they didn't have Evan Fournier. Now, you're going to go games without your full roster. That's just the reality of the league. And the Magic have done that. They've survived games without Aaron Gordon so already this year. They've survived games without Jonathan Isaac. At some point, the most important player on this team, Nikola Vucevic, or the best player on this team, Nikola Vucevic, is going to take some time off for paternity leave. I don't think it'll be very long. I don't think it'll be like a two-week paternity leave where the Magic will be kind of in a lurch. But yeah, he's expecting a a, a child very soon. Sometime this month, reportedly. Take your time, though. He'll come when he's ready. And yeah, I I would hope and and would want Nikola Vucevic to be there with his wife and with his new, new child to experience that, to have that moment. No matter when it happens. They're human beings, too. But... Outside of Nikola Vucevic and maybe DJ Augustin as well, no player feels more important to this team than Evan Fournier because of that shooting ability. And yes, Evan Fournier struggled this year individually. He hasn't lived up to what we all know, but you look at the on-court offensive rating. Outside of Nikola Vucevic and DJ Augustin, Evan Fournier... The Magic have their best offensive rating with Evan Fournier on the on the floor, 107.2. And Steve Clifford has been quick to praise his defense. I don't think they miss that as much. But again, with overall net rating on the floor, outside of Nikola Vucevic and DJ Augustin, the Magic are best with Evan Fournier. 
Off the floor, the Magic are 8.4 points per 100 possessions worse. Their offense craters to 97.7 points per 100 possessions. The Magic need Evan Fournier right now. Even when he's struggling, even when he's not playing up to his best, he is a threat that defenses respect, and he makes everyone else's life easier. It's a hard thing to maybe come to grips with or or understand or, or conceptually get. But as we've seen, this team's path to victory is narrow still. If there is a reason for a cynical fan to say this team's not for real, that they're not going to be able to sustain this, this is your reason. That the Magic are still reliant on a lot of things going right every night if they're going to win and have a chance to win every night. And when a couple of those things go wrong, even two or three of them, things go very bad, very quickly, as we're seeing in this latest stretch. Again, that's not to say that they can't do it. We've, I, 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 you know, I think the door is open for this group. But certainly Monday night, they missed Evan Fournier a little bit. And the Magic will be a better team with him back in the lineup, hopefully Thursday. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can always, uh, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We did a breakdown of Mo Bamba's defense and some of his defensive shortcomings. Now he can get a little bit better on the site there. So definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.